time for Healthy Talk Radio. By the power vested in me, by the Federal Communications Commission. Coming to you live from the headquarters of the Global Health Network and across the world wide web. <gasps> Computers can do that? It's America's longest running radio program dedicated to your health and wellness. What's taking place here is an alternative approach. Now, the woman who's changing the face of health care each and every day. That's the fact, Jack! Here's Deborah Ray. Good day. Welcome to Healthy Talk Radio. I'm Deborah Ray. Well, what a story. A vacuum cleaner salesman called on a man in Idaho, learned that the man could not afford to buy a vacuum because of his kidney illness. The salesman prayed about whether to donate his kidney. He did, and the kidney transplant a success. Quote, it's truly a miracle, unquote. Wow, what a story. Oh, my goodness. It's our focus each and every week during this time, science-based nutrient supplementation. Our guide is Dr. Luke Bucci. He is a well-known research scientist, educator, author, clinician in this arena. He joins us today. Our focus, we're in the midst of a women's health series. Today we'll focus on women's heart health. What nutrients make a difference? We invite your questions about nutrients and the health of your heart at 800 73002 with Dr. Luke Bucci joining us today right here on Healthy Talk Radio. Now the news and views about the news you won't hear anywhere else. The Healthy Talk Radio News Digest. Well, the dots connect according to U.S. researchers in the current journal, American Journal of Physiology and Renal Physiology, the University of Florida said the most striking finding in kidney disease was that low-level lead exposure can hurt the kidneys, that when it comes to lead exposure, it's one of those zero-tolerance issues that we now know that any level of lead is not good. And even low levels of lead exposure have now been shown in clinical studies to raise blood pressure. Yes, we link uh, lead exposure to chronic high blood pressure and hastening of certain types of cellular damage, including kidney disease. In fact, they have found an association between lead exposure How are you screened? You can be screened by a mineral analysis of nails or hair. Um, There are challenge tests. There are urine screening, fecal screening for heavy metals. An association between lead exposure and high blood pressure, lead exposure and hardening of the arteries, lead exposure and kidney disease, and lead exposure and gout. University of Florida saying the most striking finding was that the low-level lead exposure worsened kidney disease. And, of course, we now know we live in an environment where some of these uh, heavy metals, mercury, lead, arsenic, uh, uh, cadmium, all too common and can hurt the kidneys. Well, it comes from today's Baltimore Sun, University of Maryland's um, Uh, Center for Integrative Medicine is commenting on the fact that there are any number of uh, endurance athletes who swear by flaxseed that um, any number of endurance athletes from Tour de France winner to home run record holders to Olympic athletes have counted flaxseed supplements 
um, to help build energy and stamina. Uh, flaxseed oil, of course, is one of those forms, many uh, say, because flax is so stable that grinding uh, a bit, and all it takes is a tablespoon a day for every hundred pounds of body weight. Grinding that in a, a, a coffee grinder is a good way to avoid the rancidity that you might have given the flax that uh, ground flax and flaxseed oil have very short shelf lives. That um, cows that eat grass rather than corn have more omega-3 fatty acids in their milk and flesh, but we don't get enough of these good fats. And flax, uh, pro-athletes uh, say it's one of their uh, favorite supplements, and perhaps we may want to pay close attention to that. Well, <laughs> it's um, some information out by scientists at the Nat- National Physical Laboratory. The number of nuclear medicine procedures, thallium uh, stress tests, double injection stress tests, um, uh, angiograms, all of these nuclear medicine tests has increased almost 40%. In the last 10 years, nuclear medicine protocols, procedures, have increased by nearly 40% in the last 10 years. Amazingly, they are now saying, oh my goodness, they're safer than ever before, which leads many of us, at least me, to say, gee, you know, now we have a black box warning on some of these contrast agents that are used for these scans. Uh, I don't think many of us knew the risk versus the benefits to make informed decisions. We've talked about some of the risk involved with cardiac catheterization. It has a small chance of death. It has a larger chance of morbidity, a complication, a reaction to the dye, which um, can lead to kidney failure, a loss of a limb. You have to sign a um, consent form for emergency bypass surgery. There may be a reaction to the anesthetic or an untoward reaction to the catheterization procedure itself. So with the revelation that nuclear medicine, these scanning procedures up by nearly 40% over the last 10 years, and uh, nuclear medicine uh, actually used in cancer and thyroid therapy, that they're safer than ever before leads me to believe that if you are suggested to have a nuclear scan, asking pointed questions, what are the benefits? You know, how will this diagnostic procedure change my diagnosis or change my treatment? What are the risks involved? In fact, uh, they say there's a new interest uh, uh, instrument called the Fidelis F-I-D-E-L-I-S, that allows medical physicists, in other words, medical professionals who work in nuclear medicine, to check their in-house instruments against national standards for radioactivity to ensure that the right dose of radioactive uh, agents are being given to the patient. tells me many of us don't know the questions to ask. Well, it's a study of the so-called estrogen receptor positive cancers, indicating they did not gain any added benefit from taking Taxol, that many women with breast cancer may be able to safely skip 
at least one step in chemotherapy. That, of course, can save them time, save them possible side effects. Today's New England Journal of Medicine uh, indicating that um, about 15 to 20 percent of women with breast cancer were helped significantly when Taxol was added, which means that um, 75 to 80 percent did not. So huge and, of course, we'll have to watch to see how that translates to clinical practice that some women can reduce breast cancer chemotherapy uh, without affecting adversely the outcome. Well, it evoked the fires of ethical controversy. A severely disabled girl whose parents asked physicians to remove her breast tissue, to remove her um, uh, female uh, reproductive tissue in an effort to stunt her growth, to make her easier to care for. The revelation came that the uh, hospital, um, I guess in, in error, did not have the legal right to do so and did approve this very controversial treatment action And now the very tragic news that the doctor at the center of this controversy has taken his own life. Only 49 years of age, a pediatric uh, endocrinologist and associate professor of pediatrics at the University of Washington. Very controversial therapy of a six-year-old disabled girl whose parents had inquired about performing a hysterectomy, removing a breast tissue, starting hormone therapy to permanently halt her growth that has evoked a male storm of controversy. And why many of us say, oh my goodness, um, you know, how detrimental. Uh, can you imagine the ethical dilemma in which these, these parents as well as these physicians found themselves uh, to continue care of a terribly disabled child um, when the the uh, request was made by the parents to um, to have this child undergo this therapy and now some very tragic results. Our focus today is women's health, women's heart health with Dr. Luke Bucci. We'll come back and talk about an increase in low birth weight babies, a relationship to 9-11, that and more on Healthy Talk Radio. Your limo driver on the expressway to a healthier you. Cruising the Healthcare Highway with Deborah Ray and Healthy Talk Radio. A regular focus each and every week during this time on science-based nutrient supplementation. Dr. Luke Bucci will join us at the bottom of the hour to discuss nutrients for women's heart health. We'll take a look at uh, key nutrients for the health of the heart, uh, including uh, uh, coenzyme Q10 and others. But we were remiss not to mention uh, University of California, Berkeley has published some research in the current journal Human Reproduction, which is pretty eye-opening. Uh, that there has been a significant increase in low birth weight babies born in and around the city of New York in the months after 9-11. They suggest that the release of stress hormones might affect the development of the unborn child, uh, the evidence of which, of course, leads to premature birth, and why um, they concluded more money for more study 
Interesting to think, you know, was it the, the toxins? Was it the overall stressful situation? We uh, certainly know those unfolding fields of psychoneuro, immunology, psychoneurodermatology, psychoneurocardiology, uh, that stress, uh, those molecules of emotions uh, can pr- produce some very real physiological effects. Uh, a two-thirds increase in the risk of giving birth to an uh, to an underweight baby in the week following 9/11. Isn't that intriguing? Speaking of stress, many of us concerned these days uh, about the safety of products from China and the fact that uh, we find amazing statistics like um, 85% of our honey comes from China. So to solve that, Washington increasingly looking for solutions from Japan, according to the uh, New York Times. The Japanese have developed tough approaches for ensuring the quality of Chinese imports. And they have a zero tolerance. They rigorously test all imported food where we're not even close. So last month, the White House Working Group issued um, a report after visiting Tokyo and even uh, some Chinese officials suggesting inside the Beltway that the U.S. should adopt the Japanese approach of regulating food and other imports uh, from China to help make you and me a bit safer. Just keep in mind that 85% of the seafood consumed in this country comes from other sources. Speaking of seafood, it's a controversial recommendation by the Healthy Mothers, Healthy Baby Coalition that pregnant women eat lots of fish, not worry about mercury contamination. Now, some of those uh, leaders of that group distancing themselves from that position, that all that uh, fish can develop high levels of mercury if they are long-lived, top-of-the-food chain predators. Swordfish, shark, king mackerel, tilefish, certain instances of the the, the largemouth, the big tuna. That um, the dietary recommendations were put together by this coalition, this uh, National Healthy Mothers Healthy Baby Coalition, by their maternal nutrition group, paid for by a sixty thousand dollar grant from the National Fisheries Institute. You kind of have to wonder when we as consumers are beginning to become so outraged by these vested interests. You know, last week we were talking about the the GEs and the the uh, tobacco industry influence on a two hundred million dollar federally uh, funded and conducted study on lung cancer and smokers. Today we find you know mothers' uh, nutrition and healthy babies and uh, fish and mercury um, apparently contaminated by a grant from the National Fisheries Institute. You know, this goes beyond just pushing the sponsor's product. We're, we're talking about the health of you and me, the health of the unborn, the, the, the health of, of upcoming generations for a couple of dollars. Just, you know, you, you have to 
have to be a bit jaded these days if healthcare consumers taking a look at those vested interests. Perhaps it's time to have Dr. John Abramson, the author of Overdosed America, join us once again. What's well, a 400 page report presented at a ministerial conference of the European Environmental Agency indicating that hundreds of thousands of people across Europe are dying prematurely because of air pollution. That pollution, whether it's poor air, poor water, environmental changes blamed on Gulf warming, have cut lifespan by nearly a year. That pollution in some areas like Eastern Europe is quite bleak. And that, uh, for example, 100 million people in the ex-Soviet nations still don't have access to safe drinking water. And it appears from, from all intensive purposes that China is well on the way to polluting their environment and thereby the population uh, of that country. That no longer can we say that conservation and good stewardship of the environment is anything but good business as well as absolutely essential good medicine. You know, for many years, the American Academy of Environmental Medicine, AAEM.org, was vilified by conventional medicine as being, oh, ecological environmental medicine really way out there. Now the American Medical Association embraces their work. We affect the environment, the environment affects us, and pollution can cut lifespans. Well, it's interesting uh, information coming out of the National Institute for Health and Clinical uh, Excellence suggesting that in the first three months of pregnancy that women can consume safely a small glass of wine a day while we certainly know that uh, fetal alcohol syndrome can be quite detrimental to the baby. Uh, This British National Institute for Health and Clinical Excellence saying there's no consistent uh, evidence of adverse effects from low alcohol consumption, less than one drink a day during pregnancy. Gee, I don't know. You know, you'd like to think that this is zero tolerance. Um, Abstinence from alcohol, uh, though, continues to be the safest recommendation, according to the Royal College of Obstetricians. Well, it's researched by the University of Hawaii reporting that full-fat dairy. Ah, I still remember my uncle, um, the the, the generations-old family dairy who did not believe in all the homogenization, pasteurization, non-fat, 2% skim milk, an increased intake of full-fat dairy products, according to the University of Hawaii, reduces the risk of prostate cancer. But the benefits are not related to calcium or vitamin D, that there are bioactive ingredients in the milk fats that can be of benefit. Interesting indeed, all published in the American Journal of Epidemiology, full-fat dairy. And, of course, we know that some of these healing fats, including the conjugated linoleic acid, CLA from dairy, now being shown um, to help in weight loss, 
uh, to help um, protect against cancer. They noted a significant 12% reduction in total prostate cancer risk in those men who uh, increased whole milk consumption. Hmm, that's... Uh, that's sobering information. We're going to return our science-based nutrient supplementation focus. Dr. Luke Bucci is our guide. Our focus, we're in the midst of women's health. Today, talking about nutrients for heart-healthy women. We invite you to go to the phone, pick it up, give us a call, 800-307-3002 on Healthy Talk Radio. The information presented on Healthy Talk Radio is all well-documented and presented by credentialed guests. It may not represent the views of this network, this radio station, or its sponsors. But hey, how much do they know about medicine anyway? This segment with Dr. Luke Bucci is being sponsored by Schiff, the brand consumers have trusted for 70 years and the maker of Schiff Cranberry Concentrate. And your opportunity to pick up the phone, give us a call, your question about science-based nutrient supplementation. We're in the midst of a series uh, focusing on women's health. Our guide today, the Vice President of Research for Shift Nutrition International, a well-known research scientist, a uh, actually clinician, educator, author, Dr. Luke Bucci joining us today, talking about hearty women, easy ways to support your heart nutritionally. What are those nutrients? Do you have questions about them? We invite you to join us at 1-800-307-3002. Luke, hello and welcome. Good morning, Deborah. Well, I mean, this is, you know, this is hardcore cardiology, you know, making science-based nutrients, making inroads, even in these clinicians' offices. These were some of the, the late adopters, but lots of science behind nutrients for heart health. Give us an overview, particularly focusing on women's heart health, Luke. Right. Well, as you probably know, heart disease is the number one killer of U.S. women by far. I mean, it's 32% of all deaths for women, and it's over 500,000 or half a million every year die from that. And uh, it's six times greater rate of death than breast cancer, for example. So obviously this is what you want to take care of first when you're a woman. And as we all know, after menopause, things change, and part of those changes are not good for the cardiovascular system. So that's what we're here to do this morning is to give a few simple ways to uh, get it going in your direction for health. And the first way is just a multiple vitamin mineral. It's really? a good old multi. Because there's been you know, lots of science that suggests that multivitamin mineral, you know, better attention, a better focus uh, for, for kiddos, less birth defects, a better immune system for senior citizens. But uh, good basic multiple vitamin mineral for heart health too, Luke. Yes, yes. Now, that might be a little surprising because some news reports lately have issued some reports from certain studies that OA Multi didn't do this or that for heart disease or didn't prevent this and that. But what that does is it doesn't say that they don't work. It says how they work mm-hmm. or how they don't work. And the moral of the story is if you're going to do a multi, you need to start now or when, as soon as you can and keep doing it. The benefits don't really get noticed until about four or five years of steady usage. So you have to be consistent and you have to do it 
every day. So it really is the, the pillar, the basis of supporting your heart because it supplies the B vitamins, which have their own specific roles. It also supplies a little bit of the trace minerals, with, which are uh, very deficient in our typical diet. So it's really the best and uh, be- most cost-effective way to cover a lot of nutritional bases, but you have to keep doing it. So, in in terms of making sure that we're choosing supplements wisely, I mean, you've commented to us, and I've repeated it, and people have gone, oh, that's good stuff. You know, triple digits of selenium and chromium and a multiple vitamin mineral. What are some of the key nutrients of which we should be aware in in that formulation for heart health, Luke? Well, I think you just said two of them. (laughs) I think those are the sleepers because chromium is linked to controlling blood sugar, and that, of course, is definitely linked to heart health. Uh, The more it's out of control, the worse heart health you have. And a lot of that is because the chromium intake is not as good as it should be for years and years. And I think it contributes to metabolic syndrome or even getting type 2 diabetes. Mm -hmm. I think that's a little um, of an extension, but it is an extension of the research, and it definitely happens in animals. So we're just longer-lived animals, that's all. We just can't do the lifetime studies in people like we do in animals. So I'm convinced that that, uh, chromium has a big role to play, and that's one of those major deficiencies. Uh, Selenium being a very important antioxidant, it's usually not looked at in these studies, and Mm -hmm. when it is, it almost always shows very nice benefits for cardiovascular health. You know, unlike some of the studies on, let's say, vitamin E or beta carotene right. or even vitamin C, which frankly don't, uh, don't go far enough, don't, don't uh, use the right tools, that sort of thing. So those are key. The, the B vitamins are also very important, and uh, just about any dose of those will help. More, more is better to a point, but um, as long as it has 100% of the daily value for folate, that's good. That's the most important one. Now, in the last two months, there was just a, I mean, to, to me, it was shocking. Uh, women 35 to 54, I mean, that's a lot of women in this country, have doubled the risk of stroke yes. as men. That right. was amazing. And, and the heart attack rate is, some in some of those age groups, is equal to men or even higher. Really? Which is a real shock. Uh, so, in other words, heart disease is happening to women younger. Mm-hmm. And it's linked to obesity, which is a risk factor. Right. Uh, it's also linked to smoking. If, if you smoke, you, you get your first heart attack 19 years earlier on the average if you're going to get one. So that's obviously not a good thing. At 19 years earlier, that, that's a huge statistic. So I mean, stopping smoking or getting out of secondhand smoke yeah. can do yeah. so much good for you. It's even better than a multi, I have to say. Let me run by you two nutritional observations, Luke, and, and see what you think. Because obviously, you know, with the revelation that more women die of heart disease than men each year in this in this country, I mean that that's huge. That you know, in the last a few decades, women in particular have really focused on low fat, and with you know this latest JAMA study showing in the last hundred years the omega three content of diet, <laughs> it's like twenty eight fold less in this country, and then you know we see that mass media focus on calcium, 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 that maybe things like magnesium and omega three are of particular interest just given the lifestyle of American women relating to the health of their hearts. Oh, yes. I think you can kind of two, kill two birds with one stone here. 
And instead of taking just calcium, take a product that has calcium, magnesium, and vitamin D. And that takes care of your need for magnesium for the heart and cardiovascular system as well as the bones, too. So I think you you can um, help your whole body out by adding a calcium magnesium D product to a multi, most of which multis will not have enough magnesium or calcium because that means one or two big pills just to get a normal amount. So most multis like to be one, one pill a day or smaller pills. You just need more calcium than that. So I kind of lumped, uh, for women, a calcium-magnesium D right up there with the multi, and they should mm-hmm. go together because mm-hmm. that really completes the multi. It makes it more complete. So you're right. Magnesium is turning out to be, well, it has been super critical in everything studied. It's it's one of those nutrients that you find everywhere, but nothing's rich in it. So you can't say, I'm going to eat extra this or that foods, and I get plenty of magnesium. No, you can't do that. Uh, it's if you and everything that's refined has magnesium mostly removed. Up to eighty percent of the magnesium is lost during refining of whole grains to refined grains. For example, you cook it; it goes out in the water. Mm-hmm. So if you don't uh, make a soup out of something, you lose it. And it is it's one of those minerals that's kind of weird that you have to keep taking it in for a long time to get it into the tissues. You can absorb it just fine, but then it goes right out. Very little actually remains where you want it, which is inside your muscle and heart cells. So that's the key. You have to keep at magnesium. Uh, Don't let it slip. Mm -hmm. Don't let it go down if you can help it. And that's why supplements, the best way to keep enough in there to constantly uh, infuse your tissues with enough magnesium where they'll actually pick it up. So that's the hard part here. It's it's an inside-the-cell mineral. And it addresses also, uh, also, if you would please, uh, Luke, because I find many of us, uh, uh, women included, confused. You know, do you get two parts of calcium to one part of magnesium? Is it equal portions? Uh, given the fact that we have such a focus on calcium, should we take equal or more magnesium? Uh, ideally, I think it should be a one-to-one ratio of calcium to magnesium, but a two-to-one calcium magnesium is still good enough. Uh, it's better than none. So it depends what you can find and what you can afford. If you find a one-to-one ratio, wonderful. But more commonly, you're going to see two-to-one. And that's just old nutritional dogma that I think it won't, it can't change rapidly because people have been so indoctrinated about more calcium, more calcium, more calcium. And actually, if you get more magnesium, you don't need as much calcium. But because there's so much data on calcium alone, clinical studies, that is, everybody's kind of focused on um, just calcium, and, and obviously our bodies need both. So a two-to-one ratio is good. A one-to-one ratio is better. Okay. Okay. Form of magnesium, does that make a difference, or you know, any way we can get it? <laughs> you know, I, it than... doesn't. That's, again, that's kind of like what the, what, where the calcium absorption stuff settled out. If you eat it with foods, which is kind of how it comes in a rich diet anyway, a good diet, uh, it doesn't matter which form. It kind of all gets mixed up in the stomach, as the saying goes, and uh, you, you maximize your absorption with foods. So it doesn't matter. Uh, magnesium oxide is the most common form used in supplements mm-hmm. because, like calcium carbonate, it's, it's um, the highest amount of magnesium per unit weight. So you have smaller pills and more magnesium. So you can get four or 500 milligrams of magnesium itself in a single pill, for example, or capsule. And, and that makes it more you know, more uh, effective because if you're taking two or three pills a day that's and you're taking more and more pills for other things, 
something's going to give and that compliance goes down with more pills. So magnesium oxide is absorbed perfectly fine. There's no super kind of magnesium in spite of what people say. There, there might be in a few settings, in other words, if you're on an empty stomach and you want to get it in a little faster, but really you need to do it all the time, mm-hmm. every day, for a long, long time, rest of your life, in fact. And, and that means you need to get any kind of magnesium in. Women and fats and heart health. You know, yeah. all those, I still see them. The, the, the low-fat, no-fat, fat substitute grocery carts. You know, the, the diet soda. And you think, oh, my goodness, what are you doing to your heart? I, you know, you, you were getting getting into that when you talked about the omega threes. Yeah. We talked about that last month for men. It's the same for women. Uh, you're absolutely right. We have just completely reversed the ratio of omega threes to omega sixes. Now, for what people that don't know exactly what that means, is that we need to get these omega three fatty acids, which are mostly in fish and a little bit in, in certain seeds, and uh, most plant and even animal. Uh, foods have a lot of the omega-6s, so we've just completely reversed what we uh, grew up with or evolved with. In other words, what our bodies are supposed to get. And our bodies can make a little bit of these omega-3s, and that's why they kind of fell off the radar screen for becoming uh, essential nutrients in the, the strict vitamin interpretation. But, oh, they're really essential. I mean, you cannot live without them. So you can live better with more. And that's the, the fun thing about the omega-3s is that they, they help so many tissues, but mostly the heart. In fact, the FDA, they had to, I mean, a, a citizen's action group had to hire an attorney and sue the FDA to get them to approve the health claim that the increased omega-3 intake helps reduce the risk of dying from cardiovascular disease. I mean, that that's pretty powerful. And you, you don't hear that on CNN or your NBC Nightly News. And that could save so many lives. And it is saving so many lives for people that listen to your your shows here because if you I think omega threes are as important as a multi. Yeah, yeah. That, that's enough said. So if you get if you eat more fish, fish with colored flesh have the most omega threes. We're, we're not talking fried catfish here. That's no omega threes. Actually, they've measured it, and there aren't any. There are none. But uh, fish with colored flesh, salmon, tuna, mackerel, sardines, herrings, those kinds of things. Uh, fish oil supplements are also a very good way. Uh, I'm, I'm even looking at the uh, krill oil supplements, mm, small which fish. I think are interesting. Right, yeah, very interesting, particularly given the fact that women of childbearing age in this country have a dubious distinction of having some of the lowest levels of some of these good fats like DHA of all the industrialized countries. Which, of course, you know, many you know, theorize that's why we have more postpartum depression. But do you think what's it ha- what's doing to their to their hearts, Luke? Oh, it's it's setting setting you up for those heart attacks and strokes in your mid forties, mid fifties, which you're seeing uh, skyrocketing. It's setting you up for more obesity, diabetes, metabolic syndrome. It's setting you up for going down that road. Uh, I mean, sure, if you change your diet and eat perfectly, which hardly anybody can do all the time, you can stave off a lot of that. But let, let's face it, we all can't eat eat like a Hollywood movie star that has a team of people catering to them. We have to do it ourselves, and we're on the go. We have to drop the kids off to school. We have to pick them up, take them here. We have to get this, get that. Before you know it, you don't have time to chop and cook and steam all these good vegetables and, and prepare all these fruits, and, and you go out, and what you're going to get is fat, sugar, and salt. 
because uh, that's what humans crave because you don't find it much in nature. I mean, right. try living off, right. off your backyard. <laughs> So not even, much out there. So even though Dr. Beatrice Gollum, uh, University of uh, California, San Diego, has said uh, qu- quite courageously uh, mm-hmm. that she does not believe that statins have a body of evidence to uh, support their use in women, um, I find all too many women advised to take these cholesterol-lowering drugs. We return, Luke. Let's talk about maybe some drug-induced nutrient depletions. Oh, We're talking boy. about nutrients and the health of women's heart, Dr. Luke Bucci joining us today. We invite your calls on Healthy Talk Radio. We'll give you the only shot in the arm you'll ever need. Your vaccination against misinformation in the healthcare industry. Healthy Talk Radio. Our science-based nutrient supplementation segment each and every week. Our host, Dr. Luke Bucci, joining us today, who is our guide during this segment, in the midst of a women's health focus, talking about women's heart health today. And women's, um, you know, the, the recommendation increasingly to follow those cholesterol numbers. So address um, in this case, drug-induced nutrient depletion as it relates to women's heart health. Luke, please. Right. Well, the statin drugs are invoked now for treating and preventing heart disease. And and it's in, in the surface, it looks like it's all about lowering the cholesterol. But I think that that's a ancillary coincidental effect. That's not really how it works, except in maybe 10% of the people with heart disease that have out-of-control cholesterol from their genetics. But for everybody else, which is most of us, I think the statins are working in other ways. And and there's still a lot of controversy over how well they really do work. And and the problem with women is that only 25% of the subjects in these cardiovascular disease studies are women. So that's why somebody can say we don't have enough data or a lot of data about any kind of treatment in women. That's true because women just are not... Until recently, they've not been recruited into these studies. So, but still, women are, are still humans, and I think uh, what happens with men happens in women too. So, I think we can make some extensions here. And uh, if you're, I'm not going to tell you to, to take or not take statins. That's between uh, each person and their doctor. But uh, you need to be aware that it's a biological fact that if you do take statins, it will lower your coenzyme Q10 levels. Now, what the heck does that mean? Well, first of all, that's probably why statins cause fatigue or muscle weakness or just muscle fatigue. And remember, your heart is a muscle, too. And one thing statins do not do is affect heart failure, which is one of the leading causes of of cardiovascular disease death in women, about a third of it. You know, the rest being mostly heart attacks. So uh, you've you've got to die of something, and usually it's congestive heart failure the older you get. So uh, what the deal is that uh, your heart is absolutely reliant upon coenzyme Q10 and and even carnitine, another nice micronutrient, to generate energy. And obviously the heart can't stop, so it needs constant energy, and thus the heart is rich in coenzyme Q10. But the levels in your heart tissue go down if you have any kind of cardiovascular disease, especially heart failure. It can go down precipitously, so your heart just can't keep up. 
Now, coenzyme Q10 is available as a supplement. You can only get three or five milligrams a day from a very high intake of meat. And in the 10 seconds remaining, uh, what's the range for women's heart health, Luke? Oh, 100 milligrams, <laughs> now oh. and forever. Great information. Real privilege and pleasure as always. Thank you so much. You're very welcome, Debbie. Dr. Luke Bucci joining us today, hosting our science-based nutrient supplementation focus on women's heart health today. Our thanks to Dr. Bucci. Our thanks to you. I'm Deborah Ray reminding you, live long, stay healthy.